Jace walked in this morning, wondered where the party was. <clears throat> he was here when we were tearing down, but he must not have realized what was going That what? Oh, are they? When did that happen? Good to know. Good to know. That helps. Karen took off. She'll be back. She always comes. Somebody. <laughs> I'll stay on all that. Let's... Well, yeah, I was going to go down a bunny trail that was not about her. Just, yeah. Yeah, but I do need to stay. Uh, turn with me to Psalm, uh, Isaiah 61. This is so, um, it's so important to keep coming back to um, why, why you're a, rather, who's, who's responsible for you knowing what you should be doing? Like, who's ultimately responsible? And, um, of course, anybody that shares on a Sunday or prepares something, there's always that weight on you, that thing, and it's a, it's fine. It's kind of a natural. You're like, what am I going to share? And then uh, sometimes you become anxious about that. Well, any time that you don't know what direction to take, huh, Kurt? Um, it can get very, you can get nervous about it, like, yeah. And uh, sometimes you can hear and you're on a roll, and other times it's blank and the clock keeps ticking. And... and um, and then you can go back and forth, and you go through quite an, uh, a lot of things in your mind as you're just waiting and preparing and trying to decipher through your feelings what to do, what not to do. And um, as I woke up this morning, as probably it's partly the season we're in, like it's it's hard, like through the rest of this week, um, it, be, it was difficult to dial into the Lord, like, but that's, it's part of the atmosphere and what we're in right now, the end of October and today and all that stuff. And I, I often do experience that. And um, the Lord is still always watching. Boy, I've got a lot of ringing like from this. Yeah. You're good. Um, you... You've got to, in those seasons, be very careful about discerning for yourself uh, what's going on or what's right or wrong or what's wrong with you or, you know, those kind of things. You become very introspective, which is very non-productive. That's always the bad, actually, it's a bad place to go. 
And, and this is, it, it lends toward that thing about what the enemy wants to do. He wants to separate you, cause you to feel separated. It's his main, his main deal. Anything to get you to start developing a bad testimony about the Lord and his experience in your life. And um, when you choose in those times to keep doing the right thing, which is to give thanks, no matter how you feel, to praise and worship, because that's not really about how you feel. That's about who he is. And, and it's in that time, maybe your praise is the most precious to heaven because you're not feeling it. You're not feeling the spirit, you're not feeling the presence, you're not feeling that, but nothing's really changed. It's just a lie. It's a, an illusion. It's a fog. It's a, a, some, there's interference that may or may not have anything to do with you. And in, in those times, it's really important just stay, stay, stay on the track. Stay, do, do the right thing and trust that, the, that it doesn't matter how you feel and what you're perceiving. And, um, and so I, I woke up with that. And I was like, no, I'm not going here. I'm just going to relax, stay cool, and just, and just give thanks, praise, just with my meditation on the Lord as I'm waking up and, and, <clears throat> and preparing and different things. And and then I, I, I felt to go to Isaiah 61 and, uh, and to just reread, to re-up things. Um, and, and I realized what was there. And so I'm going to do that this morning. Um, I've taught out of Isaiah 61 a lot of times. Who hasn't? And, and then when Karen did this, that's why I wanted to be in here. Um, when she gave that call, that's exactly what's in this, that this exchange for... You take your ashes and you exchange them for beauty. You take that spirit of heaviness, that despair, whatever, you know, when you're having that. And there's, there's an exchange rate. I was confirming your word, Karen, this direction you had. Because I'm sharing out of Isaiah 61. And um, it was so appropriate. She said, if there's anyone's feeling that, like, come and bring it to the Lord. And this is that incredible exchange like and i remember teaching on this a while back that it's as if there's a table um you know how vendors will have table tables they go to a flea market that whatever and they're they're selling things and in order to get an item that you want you do what you put down the money for that and there's exchange once they have their dollar their five dollars their whatever then you are free to take that item that thing and, and I envision the Lord coming with his, his table that he sets before you. And the price on the items on the table that he has for you are ashes, your special ashes. What ashes are those? Oh, those are this that burn up and this that I smoked out. And, you know, we're talking about things that are beyond... Your cooking abilities, you know. But we all have things in areas like we worked hard at something and pff, it went up in smoke. You know, I burned it. I ruined it. I screwed it up. Like I, I made a mistake. Something happened. Something went wrong. And it's that stuff that the Lord asked for. That there's, there's a bottle there of joy. And what you have to exchange, what he's asking, what the price on the bottle is, is your mourning. 
and the mourning that you're going through, the loss of things, the grieving. A lot of people are in mourning over one thing or another. And uh, we think always of loss of a loved one, you mourn, you grieve, but you mourn and grieve a lot of different seasons in your life over things that you lose. And uh, I think it's okay to, to share. My brother, as he started going through these issues with his surgery on his, his shoulders and, and that surgery that was painful and difficult and da-da-da-da-da, failed. And I, he went through a season like it was hard to even help him or know what to do because it was mourning the loss of his ability to do those things. Like it became more permanent. And the doctor's like, I can't fix it. Like I can't. And, and he went through a really hard time, and I can't go that through, through that with him. You can't go that, through that with somebody. When there's, there are things that we mourn and grieve, and, and it's like if someone's lost, like we spent time with Ron Wilson, just lost his wife, and um, can't, like he's been doing things to face the mourning and grieving. He, he went on a trip to... Florida so that he could remember the last season things that he shared with Barb at this at this place like I'm like that's amazing Ron it's gonna it's gonna be hard he took a journal and so I, as he's going through this and it's not lessening things he's just doing it right like he's facing he's going through it and he is literally like we're always like how you doing you know how are they doing it's like He's traumatized. He asked me, how, how, how am I? Am I changed? I'm like, yeah, you're traumatized. This was traumatic. Everything about it was traumatic. The, the death, the circumstances, the situation, and the aftermath. And it's, you're doing, there's nothing you could have done to change it. You did everything you knew to do. And you've got to go through this. And where you are right now, it's okay. You're not yourself. You're not functioning well. Don't try to be. The Lord takes those seasons. If we'll run into him in that, he promises an exchange. There's a vial, a bottle of oil that's from heaven that's for you. That sooner or later, you'll be able to open and anoint yourself with, with the true oil of joy. It's not made-up happiness. It's not drug-induced, I'm feeling nothing. It's, it's, it's the real medicine. It's the real anointing oil that brings, brings this. And so, as I began to reread Isaiah 61, I realized this is the master architect. This is the builder and he gets released in the spirit. The spirit of the Lord is on me to release his vision slash mission. And, and he, he breaks out with it. Here's, here's what this is about. Here's what I'm about. Here's what I'm coming to do. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings 
to the poor. I'm coming to the poor. I'm coming to the brokenhearted. Specifically, identifies these people that are, that are needy, the people that are in situations where there's genuine need. And he's like, I'm coming to them. I'm coming. To, I'm going to make a miracle out of their lives. I'm coming specifically. This is my mission to bring this to them. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound. So we've got captives and prisoners that he's coming to release because he understands the hopelessness of their situation. And, he, and he's, he's like, this is my mission. This is my agenda. This is my vision. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to make such a testimony out of these very people and the opening of the prison doors of those that are bound in verse 2 to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. So I'm coming and things are going to get cleaned up. This is the, the hope of, for the hopeless. This is the changing. This is bringing the good news. The good is coming. The answer is coming. It's a new day. And especially even for those that are trapped and heavy and bound. And in verse to comfort, in uh, the end of verse 2, to comfort all who mourn. And in verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, this awesome exchange. The oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, like a garment for that, that you put on. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So there's an intention on God's heart to cause these things. And it's so good to get off of you The responsibility of knowing, of doing the right thing all the time to, you know, like, if you realize he's, like, I had this picture, which it fit, like, like, I'm going to work every day for a master builder. I don't have to figure out what the agenda is for the day. He knows I'm going to work with this man that has, he drew up the plans. He knows the right way to build, to do, and, and, I, and I get to partner with him. That's a wonderful thing to partner and to engage with someone who is righteous and right and, and excellent at what they do and excellent at what they design. You get to partner with that. So get yourself out of the way. Your own agendas, your own things, they're just hindrances. Push them aside and show up with this liberty like, here I am. What are we doing today? What are we working on today? What are we building today? Now, there are no interruptions. Hmm. Wow. What's that worth to you? To live a life that doesn't get interrupted because you're not working for yourself. You're not getting your stuff done. You're, you're living for something that's bigger than that. Now, if an interruption comes, you go, oh, I guess that's what we're doing today. Now, if, if, if something, somebody seemingly stops you, you go, oh, no, you can't. 
You can't interfere with his plans. You can interfere with mine. You can mess mine all up easily. I'm vulnerable. I'm emotional. I'm whatever. You can just pull out in front of me in traffic and I'll, you'll interrupt me. I'll, you know, react, respond, go down the road, you know. But if I'm, I'm on his, then delays have a whole different look. The Lord being in charge of, no, not now, coming, but not today, not this, not here, not that. I mean, are you able now to look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for saying no to that. Thank you, for Jesus for, uh, thank you, Jesus, for interrupting my plans. I thought they were so perfect. They, they weren't. They weren't. You wanted me here. You wanted me in this. This is a whole blueprint, and, and it's to Israel, but it's also, it was absolutely to us as well. Like, I invite you, engage in this. It will help relieve. And now, now you just have to partner with him in, in where you are, what, you, what you're doing. And to become, the Lord's working. Has, see, he has this, this master plan is to make a testimony out of your life. wants a story that will make him famous so if you have a mess he's like oh it's perfect i'm looking for people with a mess that this whole passage he does not say i'm looking for the good the perfect the you know it's not the marine corps the strong what's their motto their slogan you know they're looking for the brave the strong the da, 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 da. it's like yeah 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 those are those are great guys jesus comes kingdom principle he goes i'm looking for the weak the broken anybody here any, you know, any candidates for the weak, the broken, the, you know, the depressed, the hopeless, the, you know, the sick, the maimed, lost your, you know. It's like I'm looking for that and I'm looking to make a story out of your life. So when you have this stuff, instead of being ashamed of it in Jesus and with this one that comes, that's the creator of heaven and earth, the one that's with God in the beginning, the John 1 Jesus. The John 1 Jesus. He's the light, he's the, he's the expression. He goes on in verse 4, They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Verse 5, Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. I'm going to make you so prosperous that other people will do the labor. I'll supply laborers. For what you need to take care of. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of, of God. And shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And be in their glory you shall boast. In verse 7. Instead of your shame. You shall have double honor. And instead of confusion. They shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land. They shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Remember who this is about. The mourning, the ashes, the, you know, that group of people, the brokenhearted, the imprisoned, the captive, the bound up. That, that's who transforms into these, this people. That's 
the upside-down kingdom. That's, king, that's Jesus coming with his kingdom. I just felt it's important to re-up ourselves, refresh, reset on, on what his intentions are. And your biggest job is to stay out of the way, to embrace what you're ashamed of, to embrace your brokenness, to embrace those failures and go, hmm? It, it qualifies me. Verse 8, I am the Lord. I, I, the Lord, I love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. Again, he wants to make a testimony out of you. He wants to take that and, and attach a story of redemption to your life. And with that story, you're just a person that's successful, which is not the same as this. You just look at, look at how many wealthy people are so empty. They've lost everything to have their successes. Their kids hate them. They're divorced several. Like the riches in themselves, like why will we waste our time pursuing some of these things like the way we do? Like the envy, the feeling like, oh, wow, they're da-da-da because they have this, they have that, they have prestige. It's like when you, when you realize what the Lord has intention for you, that, that is much less than what he intends it would be the Lord's posterity. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. So I was captured by this word cause. So striving is out and the Lord intends to cause in you these things. When you plant seed in a garden, the seed springs forth. It, it comes forth out of that garden. You can't make that happen. You can sow the seed. But the springing forth, that coming forth, is this mystery of life in the seed. And it comes forth out of the garden. When you plant this seed, this seed of faith, when you have this exchange with the Lord... He will cause you. So the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. He wants to make a testimony among the nations. He wants to adorn believers with his goodness and his righteousness. Not made up stuff, stuff where you have a real story that they look and go, wow. It's like, yeah, the Lord redeemed my life. You, you can't have a good story unless you have a big mess. 
it takes those things. Things were like, I wish this would never happen to me. Yeah, but that's the fabric of the story. That's the fabric of the testimony that what your weaknesses were, what happened to you, like the shame level in people, you wouldn't believe who carries shame to look at them. But if there's a story in their family, they're like, how, how can I get over this? I'm attached to this thing. They need someone to come along and go, oh, but you're missing the point because there are many of you that are attached to that thing. And someone has to come out with a good story being attached to that thing to give them hope. You always feel like you're alone. And you drive down the road and you see homes and houses and properties and people in their cars and their stuff. And you go, oh, wow, you envy. Like, look at that. I wish I... I've been around long enough to know the story that's attached to that nice home and that nice car and that prestige. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, you, you don't want that. That's just the appearance you don't want, you don't want what's attached to that. You're just, you're just looking at something and there's a, like, no, no, the Lord's kind to you. You're the one actually that has the value, the wealth, the riches. And, and, and that is a, it's like, that is this thing. Look with me in um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, 12 and 13, Philippians 2, 13. And I'll read it out of my Passion Translation as well. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and and to do for his good pleasure. So I would encourage you, it's an adjustment in your mind. You don't want to live for yourself. You want to live for this purpose, this thing. And you come into it just by giving all that, a, a rest, like set it aside. It's like, Lord, I, I wake up this morning, I'm, I'm, work, I'm living for you. Like I, I, want, I, want you I want your work to be, I, I want to work, I want to do what I do because it's for you, that it's, it's you that's working in me. I'm going to stop fighting it so hard. I'm going to start wrestling. I'm going to stop wrestling with it so bad. I'm going to stop yielding to the whispers of the enemy, the discontentment and the condemnation and the comparison and, and rejoice in this day like you instructed me to. You can release a praise any time. It immediately def defeats the enemy. Your voice giving a praise. Your voice raising a hallelujah. That, that song has given us such a tool, you know? It's like, it's the words. I raise a hallelujah. And, and you can release that any time. 
And the more you embrace the power of it, the more you realize what you're, you're not wasting your time being silly or anything else. You're like, you're, you're changing atmosphere. You just release that. You release that in the car. You release that where you are. You think about it. Just release it. Because every time you do, spiritual things awaken. Life, life comes to you. Life surrounds you. And the you open up the redemption. In, in uh, my Passion Translation, Philippians chapter... Um, God that's at work in you. It's God that's at work in you. Wake up in the morning. Confess that. Okay, the same two verses, 12 and 13. My beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything that I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. That ability to, like it's God it's at work in you, and he'll release the passion. The next time you have something you dread doing, realize that it doesn't really matter that you're doing it. You're just here instead of there, and that the same, you can experience the same peace there as you could here. Like, I wish I was somewhere else. Like, it's amazing. There are things in life. There are a lot of things in life. You'd rather be someplace else. You'd rather be doing something else. But you're missing the point when you live that way. You're missing something tremendous if you can find. And it's it's right there. It's just accessing it. It's just changing your attitude. And to make use of that moment, that place, and like. It doesn't matter if I'm here or there. I'm still, I'm still in the Lord's presence. Like, he's at work in me. I still can enjoy him. I still can do this as unto him. It changes things. We're, we're always trying to get out of stuff. And, and yeah, sometimes we have to do things like, is there, yeah, even Jesus. Like, is there any way for this to pass from me? Like, you didn't just say that, Jesus. Who wants to die on a cross? Like, even Jesus did not want to do that. This is not giving me warm, fuzzy feelings. But what did he say? Not my will, but yours. There's a purpose beyond this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He saw something beyond the suffering, beyond the pain, the ultimate suffering, the ultimate pain. He saw you and I. For the joy set before him, he endured that because he saw, looked and saw. And so for those things that we dread, those things that are hard, those things that are like, ah, oh, for the joy set before you of the, of the reward, of the value of the Lord saying, well done. It's not the glorious things you're going to get a pat on the back about. Like, oh, wasn't I, didn't I do that great? Like, actually, 
Junior, this over here that you did with tears, that's what had value to me. That's what was precious to me. That though, though you did it with tears, that's what meant everything. That was the sacrifice. That was the sacrifice of obedience. That was you doing it and refusing to complain or to curse God in it. That was the thing that I think I'm going to save that for eternity, Jesus says. That was, that was precious to me. I kept that vial of tears. It's precious because I know, I know what it took, what was involved in it. God will continually revitalize you and planting within you the passion to do what, he, what pleases him. So the master builder, the architect, he's at work and he's coming with something that he's going to cause us to be cause us to have a story, cause us to have a testimony. And it's him you want to work with, engage with. If you're not connected to that, you need to immediately make an interruption of your life. Like stop, put on the brakes and go, Lord, I can't move until I, I get in your will. I'm grieved, I know I'm lost, I'm running, I've got to get home. I've got to get back on track. I've got to do the, I've got to do the thing that I know is right in your eyes. I wonder how many people are running from things, and if they finally would come to that moment, they just put on the brakes, go, I, I can't do this anymore. Day in, day out, I know I'm in the wrong place. I need to get back to what's right. And only you can know that. I can't know that for you. Only you can know that. Only you can know, am I, am I in that? Or are you in a situation that you can't fix yourself, but the Lord needs to redeem? Then that needs to be your confession. That's not about you thinking well of yourself. It's about, it's about looking deeply into the eyes of the one that can make a, turn a mess into a victory. That can give oil for this. That can bring gladness to this. It's about that. So that you have a story. And when you tell that story, it has power to release other people, minister other people. Your great accomplishments, they don't have the effect you'd like for them to. But having these things where the Lord worked in you and saved you and redeemed you and turned things around, those, now those are precious. Those are valuable. There's a, there's a story. There's a testimony. There's something that is contagious and it'll bring more joy will bring more life. The master architect, he does all things well. In time, he fulfills every promise. He's, he's faithful. I want to be that person that walks around going, God always does what he says. I don't see how. I don't know how. But he, he does what he says. In time, before it's over, he accomplishes things. He works things together for good to those that love God, that turn and yield, yield to him. So he doesn't deal with us as rebellious children, that he, he deals with us as those that come. And he comes searching exactly for those that are broken. Exactly for those that are broken. So... Karen already did the ministry time, so 
that was exactly like that. So uh, perfectly appropriate, like bring, bring these ashes, let the Lord redeem it. That heaviness, like there's nothing, you can't fix it, but you can definitely turn it to the Lord and come to his table. He does have a table. I, I know he has a table. He brings and he prepares it before you, even in the presence of your enemies right there in your wilderness. And he brings the table and then he says, come, come. We get drawn away by things. I was watching Jace play out the front window the other day. And uh, Phyllis and Ashley and I were eating supper. I happened to see him get up from a sandbox and walk. And I just had this feeling he was leaving town, you know. And um, I threw my shoes on quick. And uh, I looked enough to see there was a cat there. Shiloh's cat. And I went, uh-oh. I got my shoes on. By the time I caught up with him, he was down at the mailbox following the cat. So, you know, I know how to run intervention, you know, because if you say his name, that causes him to go and like get down there, you know, because I'm wise, I'm smart. <laughs> and then it's like, Chase, come back here. And then I start calling the cat. Aren't I smart? Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Pretty soon, Jace is like, come on, come on, come on, come on. The Lord comes and finds us right before we go astray. And he, and he draws us back to himself. And you're not in trouble. You just, need, you just need pulled back. You just need pulled back. Something enticing caught your eye. It's just a kitty. What's wrong with a kitty? Everything, if it leads you to the road, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, it's just a cat. It's a cat. Like, no. That's the kind of safe, that's the Jesus of, Psalm, of Isaiah 61. He sees you trapped. You don't even know it sometimes. He sees you captive. You don't even realize it. He sees you in the state, and, and he comes, and he runs, and it's like, here, come, come, come back. And he, and he lures you and he knows how to work with you to pull you back because he doesn't want you to run the other way. He, he comes with this uh, gentleness, this attractive, like, it's hard to, when you perceive that and that that's who's the one coming after you, you're, you're like, how can I resist that? Like, he's drawing, he wants me to come back, follow him, get back in the safe place. Come back to the sandbox. Come, you know, come here. So, Father, in Jesus' name, just thank you for being the master planner, the architect that designs all things. Lord, thank you. You're the one that knows us, calls us back, draws us back, Jesus. You're the one that wants to give us the exchange. And, Lord, we just remember, we just need to remember it's you that's at work in us. We don't even have to figure all this stuff out. We just have to get in sync with you, receive from you. And just thank you for all of your kindness, all of your patience. And Father, I can see, we can see your heart in this passion. Oh my gosh. 
What a passionate Savior. As the Spirit of the Lord is on you, what passion and love to call us back, to draw us back, to find us in brokenness and heal us and touch us and make us whole. Wow, what a wonderful Savior. Thank you for redeeming our lives. Thank you for working in spite of us. Thank you for intervening as, as you often have. We just love you. We bless your name. And we have every intention to make you famous as we allow you to rescue us and save us and do great things in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless all of you.